Reddit did to do and welcome into more important issues. It is Wednesday, August 21st. We're inching closer to football season and hopefully, hopefully inching closer and closer to the end of this terribly hot summer. Um, I had to shower before I came here because I left soccer practice and I was that nasty, like mm. just that sweaty. It's been terrible. Um, how hot was it today? Do you know? I mean, hot enough that we had to take a 10 minute break every 30 minutes. And then during our breaks, we would, and football would have to do the same is uh, turn on the sprinklers for the field to okay. cool down the field, which it would do. It worked perfect. I don't know. I think it was your dad's idea. And it is like, we're going to do it every day until this heat's over. Cause it's, it cools it down significantly. I got good so, jeans, man. You do. You do, for sure. Um, got a really good episode. We're still talking. Um, is it technically still fall camp? I don't know when fall camp is officially. When fall camp is ended. That's my fault. Yep, because school so, started. So now we're into practice period, um, getting prepped for Georgia State, getting prepped for the 2019 season. We're going to talk about some of that. Um, you talked to, you heard from some players, um, along with Coach Pruitt. Um, we have an interview with Vol Recruiting Report. That's going to come at some point in the episode. Don't know, but we're going to get them on. We're going to talk some recruiting, especially since we had a three-star commit just a few minutes ago. Um, going to talk about the AP preseason top 25, some VFLs, um, and throwing this one at you, talking some XFL too. Let me oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, going to talk okay. some XFL. And then we got our segments. Um, real quick before we jump into that, it's a new season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed, where I'm putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many uh, points of fantasy uh, points a player is going to score each game. Join now and get up to $200 in free bets. Only if you use promo code CHAIR. That's changed. Make sure you use the promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code CHAIR when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Go to my bookie. NFL is almost here. I'm going to do the Super Contest. Um, it's not easy by any means, but it's a, I think it's a fun game to play for sure. And you get to do it all every week. I mean, I guess at some point you may lose completely, but you get to do it every week for $100. It's awesome. Yeah. So I count it as football season actually starts tomorrow. High school football starts high school, tomorrow. Yeah. I like high school football, especially around here. I don't know if anybody else does, but I do. I follow. Oh, I mean. And with, high, star, with five-star preps, you kind of have to. I was about it. to say, Jesse Smithy makes it really easy to, like, enjoy high school football because you're you're not just – you. I mean, obviously you know the teams that are traditionally good, but you know more <laughs> than that because of what they yeah. do. So Great coverage. Yeah, Jesse Smithy definitely makes it easy. And um, now it's, it's awesome um, because of – I mean, there's always been some D1 talent here and there in mm-hmm. Knoxville, but now it's like a big market for D1 talent. So you're knowing about all these players before they leave Knoxville for – I mean, you've got um, – I forgot his name now at uh, Oklahoma State from Carnes. Yeah, Harper. Thomas Harper. Yeah, yeah, Thomas Harper who will ball out. But you've known about him for three or four years because of coverage like five-star preps. Uh, so that's that's awesome. Yeah, he definitely makes it easy to be a high school football fan. Yeah. we got to have him on the podcast soon. So. Talk talk a little bit of high school football. Absolutely. Um, so it officially starts tomorrow, and then it's 
It's here, baby. Yep. Did you watch uh, Hard Knocks? I know we're not talking about it, but did you watch it? I did not get to watch it. I will watch that tonight. I kind of forgot about it was on, so I stayed up till like eleven thirty because I watched. I didn't know. I forgot until about ten thirty that it was on. So went and went and did that. Um, yeah, we're not gonna talk about that till Sunday. We'll give you guys some to watch it. Don't want to spoil it for Landon either because yeah, he's I too do. good to watch. He's too good to watch it when it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are gonna talk some Tennessee football. It's a it's a practice report now, not a fall camp report. Yep. Um, first thing I want to talk about. As we jump into this, what do you think about Jeremy Pruitt's uh, the freshman comment? The I don't have the exact quote, but my dad always said, uh, "For every freshman you play, you should you should count on a loss." Yeah. So, are you talking about the comment of kind of he'd rather have guys making plays and not knowing what they're doing than guys that know what they're doing and not making plays? Well, it was just the the I, that may have been the comment. And then towards the end, it was. Um, I guess towards the end, it was my dad. I had a saying that um, for every freshman you play, you should count. You should count that as a loss. So I guess if you played seven freshmen, you should have seven losses. Is kind of mm. what he said. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't think he's. I like, mean, you're you're gonna have to play him. So. I don't think he's making excuses for losses. Maybe I'm wrong. He just doesn't. He hadn't made an excuse yet, really. He's just kind of said it as it is. Yeah. So I mean, it could have been an excuse. I kind of took it as like. When you play freshman, like you just have to expect you have to expect mistakes to be made. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how I took it, which is true. <laughs> um, that's why you don't ideally want to play for. I mean, every time, every once in a while, when a freshman comes along and they're good enough, you play them. But you don't want to necessarily always play freshman, or you're never going to be in a great position. So yeah, that's kind of how I took it. Um, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I guess I didn't see the whole quote. I just saw that snippet, and that's I, I was like, I kind of want to hear that in context. Um, but I, I didn't hear the full thing. So yeah, that, but yeah, that you got the idea. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> people are mad about it. There's people, of course. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to have to play them. I mean, two are probably going to be your tackles later on down the road. And you know, one's going to be at corner. You're probably going to have Jalen McCullough playing the secondary. Some you're going to have crouch playing. You'll have Henry T playing. You'll have Roman Harrison playing. So, I mean, if we're counting all the freshmen, we probably don't win a game. Yeah, someone said. I think that was someone's comment. I, I don't think he necessarily meant like you won't. I, I think he. I. I guess I understood it to an extent. I was a little. I was like, I hope that's not excuse making. That's the very last thing we need around here. But I don't think it was. Um, but I definitely like when I saw everyone's negative comments. I was like, man, I wish I could be negative about everything. Like some people are. I think some it would make. Some people are negative. Huh? Like I, I don't. I don't understand why people are like that. Yeah, it's just like anything that's said. Like, like Rick Barnes getting free food. Why are you like so upset about it? Like obviously, like yeah, he's a millionaire. He doesn't need it, but it's like, why are we like that mad? He's also probably not gonna like utilize. He's not gonna like roll up into Hard Knocks Pizza and be like, "You said free pizza yeah. for like." Right. Yeah, they gave it to him. Grave. Not. He'd yeah. probably just pay for it. it. It probably wouldn't hurt him that like, much. Like negative. And then we'll get into it later. But negative comments about, um, Checker and Elon. Yeah. We'll get into that though. Yeah. We'll get into we'll that. Get in. um, um, we'll save that. Some some Pruitt comments that that I thought was interesting is. You know, his comment on Brian Niedermeyer, he, he said he's he's young, he's not married, he doesn't have anything else to do, he recruits. I thought that was funny. I think it was kind of poking fun at Brian Niedermeyer because later on he went on to say that uh, that Niedermeyer doesn't get the credit for his coaching ability. Um, and he threw I, in some nice nice jokes there too at his expense, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that's great. You know, he mentions that. No one mentions – no one comments or um, expresses their feeling toward the moose, if you will. 
um, about his coaching ability. And so, you know, I think Niedermeyer, he wants to be a coach. That's why he's in this right. profession. He's not in it to recruit. He's a great recruiter, but he wants to be remembered as a great coach, not a great recruiter. Um, so I, I think I thought that was cool how, you know, Jeremy Pruitt poked fun, but he also went back and said, you know, gave him credit for being a great coach. So I enjoyed that. Right. That I mean, cool. yeah, he – at some point you have to be a good coach to be a good recruiter at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I did like the little jab he took at him, but he also complimented him. He did. So yeah, and it wasn't a jab, I guess he was poking fun is the mm-hmm. right way to say that. Um, what I guess is, in today's society, that's not always the way. What it's do you taken. think about Jeremy Pruitt saying that, um, we could play eight to 10 guys on the offensive line and all of them deserve playing time. Do you think <laughs> it was more toward, um, maybe just Georgia state itself, in saying that you'll play eight to ten guys, or do you think like he's actually wanting to play eight to ten guys every game? Uh, unless you just have really freaking good offense, like guys that you love that work hard, that are really good, you never want to play eight to ten guys at five spots, right? So I hope that means that's what you have. Like he's like, I, you know, I appreciate the effort these guys have put in. I wish they could all play because then that's that's a good comment. Yeah, um, so it, it's refreshing that you think, okay, well these you know these guys have stepped up and you know we are talented at that position. Yeah, th- that's what I hope it means. But it, but last year you saw you threw a ton of guys out there and it was horrendous. Yeah, it was I hope, awful. I hope Jeremy Pruitt's thoughts aren't like we have just we have like three or four pussies on the team, so we're gonna need eight guys to play. <laughs> yeah, I hope that's not it because they're gonna get injured. But I, but I also thought, like, 8 to 10 guys are going to play in Georgia State. That's pretty much your last showcase before we get into, yeah. you know, big boy football. Yeah, I'm kind of curious, too. Like, I mean. And I hope I hope we take care of business against we, Georgia State. Yeah, so I'm kind of curious. Like, I, I don't think a college coach would do this. But, like, even if our offense played well against Georgia State in the first half, I'd make them go three quarters because you have BYU the next week. Yeah, I mean, you, you need to get used to that. I'm not even playing. I'm not even having to play a possession in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but on the flip side of that, then you're like, what if somebody gets hurt? I'm in the I'm still in the boat as a coach. I I obviously like I don't want to go play seven overtimes so much that cause then yeah, your body's getting fatigued, you're getting injured. Mm-hmm. But like if you got injured in like the second, third quarter of a game, like you were gonna get injured the next game at the in the first quarter. Like yeah. it's, it was gonna happen. That's true. So like I am in that. But, I'm in that but boat. if you're up by forty five points, you're not playing your starters. No, I'm probably not. Yeah. But again, at the same time, like our offense still probably needs as much yeah, I mean, live I, practice. I mean, I they're not going to do it because they're going to want to save their looks. They're going to want to get the backup quarterback, which I understand all that. I do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just saying, what what's a comfortable margin? I guess forty five nothing. Like, what's your comfortable margin? So forty five nothing, unless that is your comfortable margin. When are you like, all right, the offense played really well. They're prepared for next week. Bring in the twos against Georgia State. I mean, it's if it's. If you're winning forty-two to nothing at halftime, yeah. Obviously. But what's your? I'm saying, what are you like? 30, 31 to seven? Where are you like? All right, they're good. We we can relax. I think midway through the third quarter, if we're up thirty-one to seven, yeah. Okay, so that so at halftime it'd probably need to be like thirty-five to nothing for you to be like they're done and set them out. Yeah, so, so that's probably your comfortable zone. Yeah, I'm probably about the same. twenty-eight four four touchdown lead at halftime. Then I'm like, uh, okay. I think I'm gonna go with my score prediction to only beat Georgia State by twenty-four. Dang. I, I, I hope we're up I 28 just, at halftime and that they're scoring maybe, on the, on the maybe. third or fourth. I'm just not super confident in us right now, and maybe that changes in a week and a half. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not crazy about this team right now. I, I feel good 
to an extent about you feel better than last year. Yes. <laughs> um, I feel good to an extent about like the schedule, I guess like what, this is the right schedule for this team. That's for sure. Yeah. Like, you have the ability to win seven shoot eight games. Maybe if you just kind of, if you are better than I think, cause I think you're at six mm-hmm. almost, almost walking out of the field. Yeah. Um, like almost again, you, you do, you do got to play a little bit better than you did against Vanderbilt last year in November. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I don't think our offense, I don't, I don't think we could score 45 points in a way the, the way Tennessee football has been played out in the last five years. I don't think they could score 45 points in a way where I'd be like, Oh, we look good. I feel good. <laughs> yeah. Not true. I mean, uh, <laughs> was it Butch Jones first game that we had like six turnovers on defense and then there wasn't another good defense after that. Probably. I mean, even ETSU wasn't great until like the end of the game. It was, it wasn't close. Yeah. But it wasn't just like, oh, we weren't we're out there slaughtering. Yeah, them. yeah. no. Yeah. Um, That's kind of what I mean. What was that score? 45 to. Yeah, something, something like that. Yeah. It was, so. It turned out to be bad, but like, it wasn't like it, a it was slaughter. Like, leave. It wasn't obviously awful. a slaughter fest. Yeah. What was that Charlotte final where we, me and you had enough and just left the game? That. I don't know. Homecoming game. Was it Charlotte? The UMass game was bad. That was thankfully that was, I wasn't there. That, that was, was one of the worst games. The Indiana State game was bad. Indiana State was terrible. Yep. Ohio when it was hot as hell yeah, that one year, yeah. twenty four to seven or whatever the final. Ohio, was. yeah, that was that was one of the worst games I've ever been to in my life. Yeah. Just because how we played and it was just like a sauna in the Union Stadium. Yep. It was awful. They need to turn on the. They need to turn on the sprinkler. <laughs> but uh, getting back to practice report, um, Crock Garland. It looks like he is staying at Tennessee after which. Entering the transfer portal. So now you're thinking Aubrey Solomon's uneligible? I don't know. I, I feel like if you're Garland, you get – you realize, like, there's an opportunity there. I should say that combined with the inf- other information we know about the other Michigan transfers and all that jazz. Like, w- with all – not just the Karak Garland scenario. Mm-hmm. Everything else, I'm going to go with Aubrey Solomon's not going to be eligible. Yeah. Because of all the information I know, that's not the only reason. So I mean, I, I think with him realizing, like, you know, I have – like more experience than ninety percent of the people right. out there. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt kind of downplayed it and saying that I, I don't think the transfer portal is a bad thing. Um, you know, they're looking at different options and stuff like that. And I get that. You know, you you got to do you at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he, he realized that you know there is an opportunity here um, with Emmett Gooden down, Aubrey Solomon kind of in question, and everybody else. It's kind of a newcomer. Yeah. Um, besides maybe John Mincy and Greg Emerson was a redshirt last year. He didn't really play any. So Yeah. I think. But, yeah. I mean, there's definitely not a bunch of solid guys up front that you've got to catch. No. It's it's a pretty much a one-pack race here. And yep. it's not a very fast one-pack race. What do you think about Pruitt, you know, staying, um, you know, spending some extra time with Elijah Simmons and Savion Williams today? I mean, do you look uh, into that at all, or is it just, you know, him just teaching? I didn't see that, but those are two guys that have – it's their first – Savion wasn't here in the spring, right? No, he wasn't. So, no. it's their first time in, you know, in Tennessee practices. Those are some young – I mean, Savion's technically a junior, but he's never participated with Tennessee until the fall camp. So, that that kind of, to me, is just he's working with some rookies. Like, yeah. Okay. That need it. That, that's what I initially – I mean – from what I took from it, I'm like, those are guys who you're going to have to have contributed yeah, I mean, in they, some yeah. capacity. You're right about that. You yeah. are. Yeah, you are. Um, 
And then the defense talking about, I uh, can't remember who it was exactly. There was a player specifically. Talked about how um, it was a defense player. Talking about Chaney was really working the defense. They were seeing uh, all types of different formations. Not only different formations for Tennessee, some stuff they had never seen before. So the looks they were getting was fresh and different. So I have that Good. direct quote from Nigel Warrior. Okay, it was Nigel Warrior. Yeah, he says, they're coming at us with a lot of ammo. We're seeing formations we haven't seen. It's hard. It's helping our eye discipline. Yeah, so that I mean that's good. I, that in, that's encouraging to what I've been saying about Jim Chaney in this offense is that it's going to be a lot of different looks a lot of the time, which is one thing we talked about George Quarles because he'll be coming to Neyland next year and he was at Maribel. What he did really well is give defenses a ton of different formations, and yeah. I love that. And Chaney's less, not as much of it, but he does it. Um, and then he gets the ball in, in playmakers' hands in different ways and different formations and looks that defenses have never seen before, rarely seen before. And, um, it's, I mean, it's kind of what Peyton Manning does. He tries to win the snap before the ball snapped. He tries to win that play. Um, and similar to that. And uh, that's big for an offense to win the snap yeah. before, it, before it happens or to win the play before the snap happens. Did you kind of, did you see Marcus Tatum's comment? I did. Um, I liked it. I, I hope they, I hope they don't feel like that. Yeah. Really? I hope they feel like, that there's, I hope they feel that there's responsibility on him, but not as much as he said. Like I hope that was mm-hmm. him using a hyperbole. Like, yeah. But he was like, you know, it, it, it is on. Like the play starts with them. Like yeah. that's you all set the tempo for every single down, mm-hmm. the offensive line. So you should feel that responsibility to an extent. Every player on the sh- team should feel responsibility like that. So not just them, but yeah, as, as a unit, if they've really talked about that, that's very encouraging. I think their mentality is going to be different this year if that's the case. Yeah, I mean, his direct quote was, we're tired of losing. You don't want to be the whole excuse for why you're losing and the whole reason the university is falling apart. I mean, that's that's not just – he put the he put it on the whole university. Yeah. He's saying it's it's our job. Well, I, took I mean, it, Sorry, read the quote. I took it like he felt like the university is falling apart because of the offensive line. So he said, we're tired of losing. We're tired of just losing. You don't want to be the whole excuse for why you're losing and the whole reason the university is falling apart. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So he's putting the whole university on the offensive line. That's what you're saying? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, they're they're the protectors. Um, yeah. And, you know, the the football program is, you know, it it's what makes this university. Oh, I mean, it's a big part. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I wouldn't say – the whole thing, but yeah, when when it's great, it's great. When yeah. it's bad, it's bad. So and it's been a it's been a big influencer for a hundred and twenty four mm-hmm. since one hundred twenty four years of football, something like that. So for one hundred twenty four years, it's been a huge part of the University of Tennessee and Knoxville. So yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, when, when so you're it, throwing it does a little bit on y'all, <laughs> when you're throwing like a three yard drag to Juwan Jennings against South Carolina, and you have four people in the backfield, and one is hitting. Garantano, as you're throwing a three-yard drag from the slot, yeah, something needs to change. Take take pride in what you do. I mean, yeah. Take pride in what you do. Absolutely. So, not, not only in your personal self, but in what they've said, the team and the school and the yep and the city. Take pride. Yep. Like, and it, pride. it looks like um, uh, what's his name? Sean Chamber is gonna be that starter at the star position. We'll see. I like that. I like Chamber. Yeah, I, I, th- I think. You know, he has experience. He got a lot. He got, you know, baptized real quick against Alabama his freshman year and, you know, didn't really click last year with Pruitt. But, you know, I'm excited to see kind of where his development heads um, in the rest of his career here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and you get you get a guy with some experience at that star position. Um, I think Balen Buchanan had a, a decent year 
last year. Didn't make a ton of plays, but didn't do a lot of bonehead mm-hmm. mistakes either. Right. Um, so maybe he's a guy that you you know you don't have that mistake, but you you get a little bit more plays from. Absolutely, absolutely. We will see. Oh, and Aaron Beasley is headed to linebacker. I didn't Play see that, that. Okay. money linebacker. Um, you know, Pruitt kind of said that his they're just low on numbers there, so makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. He's a bigger guy. I think he has some, actually lost some weight to play DB here, um, so I have to put that weight back on. But, I mean, if you remember, one of the best linebackers to come through here was Al Wilson. He was undersized. Dude, I was thinking about it because Jalen Reeves Maven, which maybe we're going to talk about that He's later. He's another one that's he made that He made that play in, uh, for the Lions the other night. And he still looks undersized, but, man, he plays so big. But he's oh, a guy, yeah. he played safety his whole high school career. Yeah. And, I mean, I think he, as far as I know, he was pretty much a linebacker the day he walked on campus. Yeah, and, and if you get linebackers that play that big and are able to play in space and have good ball skills, yeah, I mean, you're going to, like you said, like Jalen Reeves-Maven continues to make the, the Lions roster. Yeah. Whether it's special teams or not. Yeah, um, I mean, most of his duties right now have been on special teams, but still, like. Yeah, I mean, you're you're making money. They also, what you, love, so. you wouldn't be on the roster if they weren't willing to put you on the field, too. Right, so. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else for practice report or balls in general? That's it. Okay. We're going to look at the um, preseason top 25. You know you're getting close when those rankings start coming in and when they're absolutely effing stupid. But. <laughs> I mean, what the top, like, four probably, right? Yeah. Clemson, Alabama. Even Georgia might be too high this year. And Oklahoma? I just think you, you have those – I mean, Jalen Hurts is there. So I'm oh, J- Jalen Hurts helps Oklahoma for sure. Like yeah, so I mean those four I, I get. LSU, do you think they're I, OSU has to be? They have a brand new coach, a brand new brand quarterback. new quarterback. I mean, I don't know. I, it, it's it's hard for me to keep like looking at rankings and people are you know ranking him as one of the top quarterbacks in the country and like how like yeah. you haven't really seen anything from him. No, I agree. I agree. And then Florida at eight is ridiculous. Right? Nope. Yep. I would go seven, eight, nine are, are my big ones. I, I even go like, what was L, what did LSU finish at last year? Uh, I don't really know. And who do they get this offseason or what happens this offseason that leads you to believe they move up? And I say the same for Florida. What? And I know you take what, like last year how it played out, but they didn't play in the SEC championship game. And you're going to put them at number eight with the offseason mixed with the offseason they've had and the way they finished last year? I heard they're taking 60 kids to Miami. So what's the travel rule for a game like that? Because it's in Orlando, right? Yes. So it's not a home. It's not like a home and home. It's not a. I'm not really sure what the travel roster so in like. the SEC. If they traveled an SEC game, it's 66. Mm-hmm. That's the number. Well, somebody said it's not because that's the travel. That's how many guys they have due to injuries and transfers and everything else. That's you're missing twenty scholarships. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That can't. I mean, be I, I don't know if that's true, but that's what I heard. Or is it twenty? Is it eighty one? How how many roster? How many how many scholarships on the roster can you have at a time? Is, is I've always I've always thought it was weird because you can sign twenty five a class. Yeah. So if they all stay. Yeah, that doesn't. But, add but that never, it never happens. I'm just saying. Right. Yeah. That I you're, think it is eighty something. Eighty three. Eighty four. Something something in that eighty range. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, that's insane. But yeah, I was like, yeah, I saw Lord. that. I saw that tweet, and I was like, is there? I, I thought neutral site games like that, you could take your whole team, like even the guys that are like number one hundred and twelve. Yeah, <laughs> like I thought you could take everyone. Mm-hmm. So, 
Because yeah, one team has to be a home team, right? <laughs> well, I th- I think just the neutral side. Like when you go to a bowl game, you take your whole team. Yeah, yeah. When you go to like, okay. I don't remember us at West Virginia. How many we? I imagine we wouldn't take our whole team, just because I don't. You know what's the point? But um, but I think I think you're allowed to. Yeah. I guess I should say. Which I feel like you should take your if you're gonna do a neutral site game. Like you you should have taken your whole team to battle at Bristol, like yeah. something like that. So. But Notre Dame, like, stop ranking them high. They're horrible. Yeah, they're terrible. They're absolutely terrible. Yep. Who else do I think is overrated? I think Michigan, you know. One thing, I hate Michigan. Nebraska that, had 24? They've had one. They they had, like, five guys transferred, and only one has been approved. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. Like, something's clearly going on on their end. Yeah. It's very obvious. Hardball's up. What do you think about Nebraska in the top 25? I hate watching Nebraska because I see Adrian Martinez like, and I'm like, good Lord, like he should have been a ball. Mm, that hurts. That but really like, hurts. Should, I mean, I don't. It's it's the Big Ten, and I don't think they play like a tough Big Ten schedule anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not – I think they're on the other side of Ohio State and Michigan. What was their record last year? I feel like it was terrible. Yeah, it wasn't good. They also beat Michigan State nine to six. That's a real score. I think they they won. went four and eight. Yeah, that's number twenty four. They went four and eight. Yeah, and, not, and they didn't have just a great recruiting class. They didn't have a better one than we did. That's hot garbage. That that almost angers me more than Florida. Yeah. Number twenty four. You went so four we, and eight. No one came in to really improve that class. So we didn't even improved. receive a vote. So. That's fine. I'm, I would be upset if we were in the top 25. That yeah. wouldn't make sense to me. Yeah, but for Nebraska to have it. Yeah, I mean, it's just as absurd. Mississippi State's not even in it. That's stupid. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand. You know, it, it's preseason. It is what it is, I guess. But, but you can still be, like, not completely stupid in the preseason. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, what, a start your, what a start your year off on a terrible note there. Yep. Hot garbage. Um. Yeah, I mean, I the Florida thing bothers me, but like they did go ten and three. But still, you have to look at the off season they had. Yeah, they didn't make the SEC championship game. They lost their bowl game, didn't they? They. I don't don't remember who they played. Did they play? They played. They didn't play Michigan again, did they? No. Did they win? They did play Michigan. They won forty-one to (laughs) fifteen. I thought they played Michigan again this year. Yeah. Again in the bowl game? Because that was the first of the oh, year. Was it? Oh. This, they this they is, played them the very start of Well, this is December 29th. It doesn't say what bowl. Oh. Well, I guess it was. Or maybe they played them two years ago. Yeah, I don't remember playing them this year. They okay. they opened with Notre Dame. Michigan did. Oh, okay. Oh, that they did. Sense. Yeah. Michigan won 33-17 on September 2nd. Oh, and then yeah. they played again? And then they played December 29th, 41-15 Florida. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah. I didn't realize that. That's weird. It's weird they even, like, scheduled them to do that. Yeah. I don't know. That was the Peach Bowl. I mean... So, Florida won, right? Florida won the second time. Lost the first game. So, why is Michigan ahead of them? <laughs> I, oh, well. I don't I don't understand it. Whatever. Yeah, I'm not I'm not with all that. I'm not with it. Let's get into uh, Checker Neyland. Yeah, so Checker Neyland... What's your thoughts? I mean, my first thought is... Something like that should not die with Butch Jones. It wasn't his idea. He piggybacked it to try to get yeah, support. Like, it wasn't his idea. Now, I do want to say it again. If Butch Jones had done that, 
it might have worked out like to, in terms of worked out like people doing it because it's a cool thing. But if you thought of it, I might feel differently. Like yeah, I don't know if y'all remember all the traditions he tried to start. On first down, we would yell like they'd be like in a Tennessee first down, and once I would yell go, and the other side yell balls. He tried to start that one time. What about he, the Rocky top thing? That that was it. First down, yeah. Rocky top. And he did a stomp, yeah. stomp, clap. Yeah, uh, it's like. <laughs> So like, I'll just give what? you an example of like traditions he tried to start. He tried to make smoky gray an alternate color. I don't know if he like officially tried to do it with the university, but he was like, "This is our alternate color." Then he did the fourth down thing, like he wanted the whole crowd to hold up fourth down, yeah, which is not a good thing to do. And <laughs> no, it's not. Um, <laughs> and I like I'm trying to think of what else he tried to get us to do. He tried to start all these things, and they didn't work because forced things like that can't don't work. The yeah. reason Checker Nealon worked really well is because it was fan-initiated. Um, yes, the university kind of adopted it, but they never took it over as their own. Right. Like, they were, it was a fan thing the whole time. It's always been a fan thing. Now, the problem I have with BYU is you have one guy really trying to force it. I wouldn't care to do it at BYU. I don't know why people are like, save it for a really good opponent. I'm like, who, like, I feel like BYU is a pretty good opponent to do it to. They're a historic program. Like, everyone recognizes BYU. They're coming into Neyland. I don't have a problem with it, necessarily. I am annoyed people trying to force it. I am annoyed with the negative people who are like, that's a tradition that needs to die. I think it looks really freaking cool. And it has nothing to do with us winning and losing. If you think it has something to do with us winning and losing, I feel like, I don't know. I Like, I'm superstitious. But I, deep down in my heart, I know it's not true. Like, I turn my hat backwards, and then we start winning. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I know it's not true, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, you're not superstitious. I'm, you're I'm just, just a little, stitious. I'm just a little stitious. But, <laughs> yeah, so I I don't know. I Yeah, the negative people are like, we lose when we do it. No, shut up. Or the people who are like, we stole it from Oklahoma. First off, we checkered TBA before Oklahoma striped it. Yes, we got the idea from them, but if we had striped kneeling, then I'd understand. Yeah. <laughs> no, they gave us – we – you know, just rolled off their idea and made it our own. Like we, first off, how many ideas are original? People do wideouts at the stadium. Is that the same thing as striping Oklahoma? Pretty much. Telling people what shirt to wear so a cool pattern in the stands is there. Now, is Kentucky's checkerboard, a, that's that's for real copycat, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, though They literally put their checkerboard on a jersey. Like, <laughs> I don't understand their, like, where, why do they do checkerboard? I don't know. Okay. Like, at least ours is, like, on a building on campus and has been there for a long yeah. time. I mean, I, I agree with you on in terms of, you know, it has nothing to do with winning, and I think it's it's really cool. Um, I have a picture right there of it, Checker Neyland. It shouldn't die with Butch Jones. Yeah, and, and I, I feel like a lot of stuff shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean? Like, not not a lot of stuff. I mean, I like third down for what? A lot of people hate on I like third down for what? Yeah, but I'm pretty sure, again, it gets back into this, I'm pretty sure a player thought of the idea. Yeah, so, it probably wasn't Butch yeah. Jones, but you know, it because he was a head coach, yeah. he gets the stigma. He gets of, the credit, yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah. Why are we giving him so much credit in the first place? I don't know. He's not smart enough to come up with these. He great put ideas. a national championship trophy under a staircase. Yeah, he's a freaking idiot. Yeah, yeah. Anything um, like the university, like either like it's personal to the university. Derek Dooley started the VFL program. Should we drop it because of Derek Dooley? No, it's a great idea. It's a great thought. Yeah. And it helps our student athletes. Like, absolutely. If Checker Nealon helps the game day atmosphere, you can't tell me it doesn't. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't tell me it doesn't. I've seen, I've seen people go, like, they're like, oh, I grabbed the wrong color shirt. And, you know, now they're able, you know, now because they want to be a part of something cool, they go and buy it. Like, it's, I don't know. Yeah. And, and if you're a diehard Vol fan, you have an orange shirt, you have a white shirt. Yeah. You know, just check your, 
check your phone where you're sitting at and and put on that color shirt. It doesn't really matter. No. But I or don't do if, it if we're the, if we're just gonna do it one time a season. I don't want to do it for BYU. I mean that's fair. I don't care when you want to do it. Now I, I don't care. Like I'm cool with everybody coming to a you know I don't know how everybody comes to an agreement. Maybe the official page that like originally tweeted it out they run a poll or somebody run a poll and like, then they can be like, all right, we're going to do this game or some, you know, if everybody can agree on a date and just, if you just put it out there, you don't have to like officially, you know, all come to, you know, consensus. You just say, all right, we're going to do it. Mississippi state. Okay, cool. Just do it. Like, I don't know. I don't care. I don't care to do it BYU though either. Like, yeah, I feel like you do it for programs who come in here. You did it for Oklahoma. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like you could do it for Mississippi state. That that was one of my, I wouldn't say idea, but I, I thought that'd be cool to do it for. I thought South Carolina, you know, you're looking for a way to do something differently to beat this curse that Muschamp has over us. Yeah. So maybe you do it then. I, I thought that would be interesting. I don't care when we do it. I really don't. I'm just like, just, it, I mean, it, all the fans got to buy in. I think what a lot of people need to understand, I think if someone is really trying to do it for BYU and it makes its way like past the first wave of negativity on Twitter, BYU will be checkered. Like, if, if it's being tweeted about on Monday, I'll put $100 on it then that BYU will be checkered. I, I just think the majority, like, the Twitter does not speak for the majority. Yeah. Vol, yeah. Vol Nation is freaking awesome. It's like, so if people are like, yeah, we're going to do it, then the word's going to get out. People are going to come together and it's going to happen. I, I think the university is going to have to buy in for it to actually work. Yeah. Because then if you, if you do it halfway, then that looks terrible. I don't think you'll even notice. I don't think you'd notice. Really? Well, if you did, okay, so if you did it halfway, like literally, like if you, like I think if the university tweeted out and like, and let's say Twitter did speak from the majority, and then it didn't happen, I think it'd be noticeable because then you'd have the half that just get hear the radio or you know, whatever, mm-hmm. see it on TV, do it, and then you'd have the half that are like, uh, heard we you know no one was doing it, then then that wouldn't work. But like, I think if the person keeps tweeting about it, keeps tweeting about it, like the same account just keeps tweeting about it there'll be like a thousand people there wearing there and it'll just look like a normal game day. Yeah. Probably. So I I think if it gets past Twitter, gets past the negativity on, negativity on Twitter, it's on Facebook. Like you said, the university, I think if the university says we're going to do something like they're like, yeah, check it out on, um, what was it? Checkerneeland.com, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Then I think it happens. Like it'll, yeah. Cause I mean, I can look at this and I can find white people in the orange section and orange in the white section. Like, yeah, they don't stick out as much. Right. But. I think if it gets out on Twitter, or if it gets out on the radio, TV, Facebook, university, then it's happening. Yeah, you're going to have to have more people buy in than just Twitter, though. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah. I don't think the negative people saying we're not doing it on Twitter is even close to the majority. If the if, – if, if I don't know. I assume they – like, I don't know how they got it out. But if they can just get it set on TV, it's happening. I promise. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's happening. I agree. And I wouldn't hate it. Yeah. I just think if you're going to do it, I'd rather do it for another game. That's but, fair. Everyone's going to have their own opinion what game. I don't I don't care what game. But it would be – I mean, it's it's for sure a night game, so, I mean, that'd be cool. Here's what does suck. BYU apparently had 10,000 people at MTSU a year or two ago. If they have 10,000 people at MTSU, holy shit. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people there. So, that is the bad thing is, I mean, you can see the Oklahoma fans. Yep. Very clearly. So, and they probably have, what, 4,000 there? Yeah, maybe. BYU travels good. I, I have, Well, there's Mormons everywhere. Man. I actually have they, a, a story. Some 
some guy DM'd us and you know told us was... told us a whole story. Um, so I have to you know piece it together and um, you know find the best. I'll, I'll I'll set it for BYU week. There you go. And I'll, I'll read you that story, kind of his um, perspective on being a BYU fan. He was very respectful, so you know I I appreciate that. Yeah, you know no, he's cool about it. I, I'd love to hear you know stories like that. That's, right, that's and awesome. It, it helps that Mormons literally send missionaries out to every part of the world. Oh yeah, so that's why they're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll ride box down here. They don't care. Yeah. So yeah, I think that yeah BYU may be just a bad idea. Just looking at it from a logistic standpoint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, wonder if I can find me in there. So I wore a white hat. I was in the orange section. I'm in L directly behind the field goal, but I wore a white hat. So I stood out. And there's a Oklahoma person right next to me. She was cute. I'm sorry. Good for you, man. <laughs> um, she wasn't with you, though. Huh? She wasn't with you, though. Okay. <laughs> Uh, anything else for Checker Neeland or anything related to that? Because that was a negativity I was talking about too a little bit. Yeah, I so mean, annoying. It, it's so annoying. I can't stand it. Yeah. I just unfollow the people that are super negative like that. I don't know how you do it all the time, so I'm not gonna listen to it. Right. Yeah. I mean, why are you so unhappy? Right. Like, who wants to go through life so unhappy with every little thing? And, and let's Tennessee like, and Tennessee does affect my life to a certain extent, but I'm not gonna let it like destroy my life. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna let it kill my mood every day. Yeah, Saturday, probably Sunday, I'm gonna be pissed. I don't have enough Monday. I'm gonna be a little bit less mad. I don't have enough control to be that mad about it. But then by next Saturday, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm usually. I've gotten to the point where I'm good by like Monday now. Yeah. Even Sunday, I'm like upset about it, but I'm like, my life hadn't been affected. Right. <laughs> oh. But then we gotta we gotta talk about we gotta it. Talk on about it. <laughs> we gotta talk about it. Um, let's kind of go to a happier note. VFLs in the NFL. Yeah. And you know this, I was you know you know who you have in the NFL. It's you know you have Kamara. You know you have Rashawn Galden who's gonna have a good um, role with the Carolina Panthers in that secondary. You have Dobbs, Derek Barnett. Um, but these you know there there's some guys making noise that you don't you didn't really think would get there. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Corte Sapp who, who signed this week with the Tennessee Titans. Um, Colton Jumper had a pick six <laughs> to ice the game for the Saints. Like Colton Jumper, yep, you you heard that correctly, yeah, folks. Colton Jumper. Um, and then Preston Williams looks like the only bright spot in Miami. Um, so I don't, I didn't see that coming. Right. Um, and then Cam Sutton is uh, the MVP of the Steelers. Training camp. That's pretty nuts. Yeah, that is. Good for him. Right. I mean, you know, Preston Williams, he, he was good. When he when he got on campus, he was a good athlete. He had some off-the-field issues, and that's why about, he wasn't. He would have been at Tennessee if it wasn't for his off-the-field issues. Yeah, it, it had nothing to do with Butch Jones. You know, a lot of people want to be like, oh, mismanaged. Another mismanaged. No, that – Preston Williams had issues. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. I mean – I mean, he, he needed to mature a little bit faster than – you know, we were willing yeah. to, to work with, but it seems to work out for him. Yeah. And it, it worked out for Colton Jumper, you know. It, ugh. <laughs> he had some rough plays at Tennessee, but, hey, if you're going to figure it out, you might as well just figure it out while you're in the NFL. Absolutely. <laughs> it's it's mean, that's, a good time to figure it yeah, out. Get paid while you're figuring it out. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. But, I mean, would you have guessed that? Like, even if it's just – I know it's preseason and, you know, he's not guaranteed a roster spot, but, I mean – 
Like, would you ever guess that he would be in a NFL uniform? No. At I wouldn't guess he would ever get a pick six. Yeah, that too. Yeah, no, I'm with you. No, that's it's it's insane. Yep. And I don't I don't think I blame Butch Jones on that one either because he played. But say I don't know how you do like. Yeah, I, I mean, guess maybe the strength and conditioning program. He was just. I would imagine he's probably put on some weight. Yeah, and he was a walk on. Yeah. So I mean that's that's probably about the only part of Butch Jones you can blame there is strength and conditioning. Yeah. I don't really know what else you could. Whatever. I don't know. I just know that it's insane to see all this talent that's in the NFL now. Yeah, and Jalen Jalen Hurd. Apparently he was a wide receiver. Yeah. Should have put him there. Yeah. So. Should have, would have, could I mean, he was. You shouldn't have. He was. He would have broken. If he played one more game, he would have broken the all-time rushing record. Yeah. 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 That stings. So. That, that's on Bush Jones for just not knowing how to manage people. That, that yeah. Jalen Hurd issue. So. I mean, apparently the team hated him, but you got to help him along the way, too. So. Yeah, we got a lot of NFL talent that didn't really produce at Tennessee. Yeah. It's very unfortunate. Yep. It is what it is, but the NFL um, looks to be a pretty – this year This year in the NFL looks to be a pretty good year for the um, VFLs. Even – I mean, Nate Peterman, for some reason, has John Gruden's heart. I don't know what he did, but he has John Gruden's heart. Yeah. So. Um, let's look at the XFL now because the logos were released today. I like them. The only one I'm like crazy, not even crazy about, not just crazy about, but the one I like a lot is the Renegades logo. I like that bandit look. It's cool. Okay. Yeah. I know. I know what you're talking about. I like the guardians one. Oh yeah. The guardians one looks cool. The wolf. Is it a wolf? I don't know what it is. Maybe a lion. Maybe. Yeah. And the, um, St. Louis Battlehawks. Did you see their logo? It's pretty cool. I did see all these. The ones that... I, I remember the Vipers. And I thought that looked stupid. It was just a V. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you could have made like... That was like, so cool. I think it's like With a one snake's side of the v, yeah. Yeah, body or something. But yeah, it just looks... It looks stupid. I agree. Not crazy about I mean, the why Houston does, team. Why does everything like... Everything that's in LA have to be like... LA has to be the logo. I don't know if that. I don't know. I just don't. I don't get it. Like, why does it have? Like, can you not think of anything else? I yeah. I mean, it's it's true. Yeah, it's it's always LA. I don't know. Slaw. No, something of the dragons have the, the the vipers is just a V. Yeah. The dragons. I mean, the LA logo looks just like. The LA soccer logo, logo, the LAFC logo. Oh, really? It looks just like it. The so the Roughnecks is that what? What's they, the that's bandit the Houston one? team? The Bandit one is the Renegades. The Renegades. Yeah. So the, that one, like, Battlehawks looks cool. I've seen that logo somewhere. Oh yeah, it's like it's a. I mean, I'm sure they just barely tweaked it. Like I, I used to use it for the uh, Vestal Gunslingers on NCAA. Yeah, I used to use that logo or yeah. a, lo- a similar logo. Because I'm pretty sure, like. 2K like has like a billion logos. You I don't can, know what like, that is. Is that a cougar? I don't know what that is. A saber tooth? It's almost a saber tooth, I guess. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, I just thought it, it looked cool. Yeah, the Vipers thing looks terrible. <laughs> but I hope I hope that works. Yeah. Because it looks... I'm, I'm curious what the XFL will be. 
I mean, I don't. I, don't I mean, know. do you think there's any like big teams or big names in it? Have they have they even signed anybody yet? I don't know. I, I maybe it was a joke, but I thought Johnny Manziel was going to be in it. Good for him. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So is he done with the CFL? Oh, oh, I think I think he got cut from a team in the CFL. Oh, really? I think so. I'm not mm-hmm. real sure. Don't hold me to that. Now I'm maybe misspeaking. Oh. Shoot, I have no clue. We're having some technical difficulties, it looks like. But yeah, I'm excited. Uh, so, is, is Vince McMahon still over the whole thing? Is he still the guy? Yeah, as far as I know, he is the guy. Really? As far as I know. Now, I'm change. not big into the XFL or anything, so don't hold me to that. But, you know. Yeah. Um, shoot. where are we at now? Yeah, sorry about those technical difficulties. We should be back now. Back. It just cut out on me again. Um, the camera's back. I think you had sound the whole time, as far as I could tell. Um, but uh, where are we going with that? Um, you want to jump into our jumbotron? Jump into our jumbotron. Yeah, actually, before we do that, I'm going to talk about um the recruit we just got. Um, oh, yeah. So Tennessee signed or not signed? I uh, got a commit from. Mordecai McDaniel out of Washington, D.C. at St. John's College High School. Um, he's a three-star, the number 33 safety in the country. Um, just a solid, solid commit. Um, you know, Tennessee got a decommit from Antonio Johnson um, here recently. He took a visit to Texas A&M, decommitted from Tennessee. Um, but I think Mordecai McDaniel was kind of on their list the whole time, and you know, the fact that he plays at St. John's College, which is one of the best high schools in the country, um, and he, he's teammates with five-star wide receiver Akeem Jarrett, who is on Tennessee's, you know, probably the top of Tennessee's board. Right. Um, playing that receiver position, which is a position of need right now. Tennessee moves up to the number 22 class in the 2020 class. Um, they've moved up two spots from 24 to 22 with only 15 commits. So, I think it's pretty solid. Yeah. It's not. For right now. And the Mordecai name is awesome. So. Mordecai. Mordecai. And he What's also runs from? track. Is this? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so he, he's, um, you know, he took a visit to Tennessee, and um, I think his official visit was, like, June 7th, and um, and visited the, the track program as well, and actually took pictures in, in the track uniform. Um and I was looking at some of his – I don't have his times or anything. I think, you know, he runs pretty good times. Right. But he also had times from, you know, the 400 all the way to the – I think it's the 60 – he had a 60-meter. So he does indoor and outdoor, um, which is really cool to see. And, you know, I feel like he can add to both programs. Yeah. I'm curious how that works. I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't let them do something like run track in the spring, but maybe yeah. they just take the – three weeks off for spring practice or whatever. Yeah, because it's – I mean, it, it's running. It's not like it's baseball where you're having to play and play and play and not right. really – but it's kind of conditioning. Yeah, and you're – you know, if you – do you miss a scrimmage if there's a conference meet or something? Maybe. Or – because, I mean, you're going to do it in, with the thoughts of trying to qualify for nationals, so. Right, yeah. I mean, Tennessee's going to make it work. They probably yeah. have – already have a plan in place, kind of how they want to do that. So. Right. Um, Solid get for the Vols, um, adding to that secondary. I think this is probably the last secondary guy you take. 
Right. Um, unless, you know, something happens, you lose some guys, you know, a big name comes available. But for right now, I think they're good at the at secondary right now. Right. Um, before, do you got anything else for recruiting that you want to mention or Mordecai? I don't. Mention? I mean, we're, we're going to talk with Vol Recruiting Reports here in a little bit. So, um, I'll kind of let him handle everything right. from there. So, um, I do want to mention before we jump into our segments or our interviewing, whatever, um, that so Tennessee soccer received a transfer from Yale. Michelle Aluzi. She, uh, big story behind this. Not, she was the Ivy League co offense player of the year. So, she's a good player. And Grant Williams helped get her. He was recruiting while he was still here on campus. Um, so, Brian Pinsky, head coach, wanted her. And um, turns out Grant Williams and her had met when he took an official visit to Yale. Oh, nice. So, he kind of helped get okay. her to Rocky Top. And I imagine she'll make a really good impact for a young team. I mean, she was a co-offense player in the year in the Ivy League. And as far as the Ivy League goes with soccer, it's it's not like football or anything. Yeah. So, um, pretty stout get right there and – Shout out to Grant Williams for making yeah, that happen. That's awesome. For helping make that happen, I guess. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Grant. Grant's awesome. Grant, I mean, dude, he – I mean, what an it's, – it's kind of like Peyton Manning. He may not be the best – I mean, he has probably more um, – uh, not more firepower, but just as much firepower as far as a college career goes. But, I mean, not only to be one of the better basketball players in Tennessee history, but, like, he's going to be remembered beyond that because he's going to be a good ambassador for the university. Yeah, and he's going to come back. That's what I try um, to tell people about Peyton Manning, too. Like, it's not just about him playing UT. Yeah, that's a huge part of it. That's how you get liked initially. But it's like what he's done for the university since playing, everyone just fell in love with him. Yeah. So, you got to consider that. And if Grant Williams, if his – once his NBA career is over, I know it's not going to last forever. Sorry, guys. Um, but when it is over, I think either he's a millionaire doing some awesome job or he is back here coaching or doing something with the University of Tennessee. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. We also kind of thought the same thing with Peyton Manning, so maybe. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I don't think I really ever thought that, but, you know. Whatever. What about – um? so I guess that's one of my – but we can go ahead and talk about it since we're, we're on the Peyton Manning thing. So, Govall's Extra said Tennessee missed by not putting Peyton Manning on the Jumbotron. I mean, I, I saw someone that was like, he's already on enough stuff. And I was like, I mean, I wouldn't care to put him on more things. Like, if they had put him on the Jumbotron, I'd be like, oh, cool. Yeah. But, like, I'm not mad that they didn't put him on the Jumbotron. It's something. Who cares? Who yeah, cares? I mean, that, that's kind of the way I think about it. Like, how – I don't know how often we're actually going to change those pictures. I would say every couple of years we change them. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he'll get his turn. But, yeah, he's he's on pretty much everything else. Yeah. So. I, I, don't, I don't care. I mean – if he had been on there, cool. The yeah. guys on there deserve it as well. Cool. You know, I mean, yeah. it is what it is. Um, I mean, we definitely need Big Heavy back up there. The battle oh, captain. Yeah. That'd so. be nice. Yeah. That'd be nice. I'd uh, like to see Pruitt's bald head on there, too. I wouldn't. No, wouldn't no, no, no. we're not doing that. We're not putting current coaches up there anymore. Oh, no, we're not? No. Okay. I hope not. That was a big issue last time. We couldn't get it down. Yeah. It took forever. I'm not doing that anymore. No, no, no. No. Okay. Unless he wins a national championship, we'll talk. Okay. Okay. That's fine. We'll talk. Got to win the East first there. Coach. I would just like him just sitting there like that. Yeah. That'd be cool. For sure. But yeah, uh, um, so Tennessee, um, or not Tennessee, uh, there was a preseason freshman All-American uh, team that was out there and it had 
three guys from the Vols on there. I saw that. So, cornerback uh, Warren Burrell is on there. And for him just to be, you know, he, he was here in the spring, so he, he's been here for a little bit. Um, but it wasn't a highly rated recruit out of high school, just like a three-star. Um, you know, him making noise in camp, him competing every day, you know, put him in that position. I think that's that's awesome to see. Henry T is another one. Yeah. 2020. Um is another one that looks like he's going to start at linebacker for us. And then Wanya Morris is the other one at tackle. Um, I, I see him starting as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- that's big. I mean, that's that's a huge selling point for recruits. Is you know, I we have three guys that we just brought in here, and one of them just came. He wasn't an early enrollee and is already right. right making lists like this. So, I mean, you obviously want to see results on the field, but. To have so that cool recognition yeah. already, yeah, it's absolutely. Cool. Yeah, definitely go perform on the field, but it's it is cool to see. That's that's for sure. Um, so you want to jump in our jumbotron? Yeah, cool, 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 cool. We're doing biggest is the biggest pet peeves of uniforms. Yeah, of like, yeah, okay, like uniforms. Th- things people do with uniforms that you're just like, oh nah, my nah, gosh, nah. just yeah. stop doing that. Yeah, um, I'm over the pink fad. Okay. The, I, I get there for breast cancer awareness, and I'm not talking about like pink wristbands, pink tape, whatever, pink gloves. Do that. That's fine. Like I, as long as your colors don't. I mean, there's not a lot of colors that go with pink, so it's like if you're if you're Oregon, don't wear yellow the day you wear pink. Like wear green or black or something. Like yeah, you know, like true. you if you can avoid it looking super tacky, mm-hmm. avoid it looking super tacky. Um, like Georgia, if they're gonna wear pink, don't wear all red jer- jerseys. Wear your black. Like. That kind of deal. And then, like, the high school teams especially, but college teams too because they're usually rush ordering them, so they look like crap. The pink jerseys look terrible. Stop doing them. Yeah. Stop. And they're so, like, they're so, like, thrown together. It's cheap. Yeah, they, you they know. look horrible. Yeah, they look Especially high school, high school teams, but college teams haven't mastered it either. So. Yeah, that's true. Until they do it, I'm, I'm out on them. Yeah. Um, so, my first one is, uh, <clears throat> so in baseball, when – Guys wear their their pants and actually like clip the bottom of their pants over that uh, metal cleat. Why do they do that? I have no clue. It looks Just stupid. Down? And, and it like it puts a hole in your pants at the bottom, where that cleat like where that metal tip just rubs it raw. And it just pokes a hole in it, so it's just like a it's like a hook at that point. I've never even seen that. That's very interesting. It's stupid. Very it's the worst thing I've ever seen. It's weird. Um, you know, like the biggest douche on every team has that. Doing that? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Another uniform. Pet peeve. I don't know. You got another one real quick? Yeah. Um, We're my, doing these on the spot, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, mine in, in football is where guys tuck their jerseys up and you can see their whole belly. It's so annoying. Like, practices, whatever, don't care. But, like, games... Well, first off, it's illegal. They're going to tell you to pull it down. So why even try it? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good one. That's a really and like that's it's like that hurts. And you're like, probably the guy that's like mad if he can't have his number. But you, then we can't even see your number. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, no, yeah, I hate. And that. you come on like, oh my gosh, I got like scratched today. Yeah, you're an idiot. Yeah, I don't no, feel I, bad for you. Yeah, that that that's annoying. That is definitely really annoying. Um. I'm trying to think uniform, like specific to a uniform. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that, that's what I'm on. 
I'm not an alternate color guy anymore. I'm not a big fan of alternate colors. Okay. Like if it's not in your scheme, just stick stick to it. Like So you're you're more of the throwback guy. You you would rather would, have a throwback uniform than an yeah, alternate yeah. color. Like okay, so like I'll, I'll give an example. Like smoky gray is an okay alternate. I'm not crazy about it, but like at least it has to do with the school. Like I hate when schools just try to do like neon. I'm not crazy about a neon alternate. Um, what about Florida? Yeah, like the Gator alternate is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. First off, <laughs> their logo is the ugliest logo of all time. The Florida, they need to go to the Power F. The Power F is an awesome logo. I think people Very forget cool. that simple is simple is beautiful. Like, I think people forget that. Yep. Um, the Power F is a phenomenal logo and should be worn on white helmets all year round for Florida. Also, white helmets are beautiful. Simple. Again, simple is beautiful. White is awesome. Um, I'm trying to think of like someone with a really ugly alternate that I can off the top of my head. Um, Virginia Tech's black and whatever they wore about Bristol. That was terrible. Yeah, that was pretty ugly. That was awful. And a lot of people liked it. Yeah, that was whew, that was rough. I, I did hate our original Smoky Grays. I thought the second time around they looked a lot better. The Nike ones. Mm-hmm. I thought they looked, looked a lot better. That's, I mean, yeah, just stick, just stay with your school colors or stay with your team's colors, whatever it is. Stay with it. Like, you selected those colors, just just stay with it. If you don't yeah. like them, go – I hate to tell you to be like a girl about it, but go cheer for another team. Why would you even start liking the team in the first place? One of my favorite colors is Tennessee Orange. One of the reasons I like the team. Like, <laughs> like I don't know why it's complicated. So you don't love Texas? I hate Texas. <laughs> Especially that orange. That orange is ugly. So – Apparently, a new fad is people cutting the tops of their socks off, like where the Nike sign is, and wearing it like on their calf, like a calf band. I almost said calf bands. I hate calf bands. They don't yeah. make sense. <laughs> what are you stupid. keeping the sweat off of? <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, yeah, calf bands, terrible. Yeah. Terrible for uniforms. If you're a high school coach and you let your kids just like wear whatever, you're a terrible coach for one. <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, if you have anything else to say about that, you can come talk to me because I'll tell you why you're an idiot. Um, cause if, if you're going to let your players do that, you're probably going to let them do whatever they want <laughs> with anything else. Probably. Yeah. So. Look good, feel good, play good. Exactly. Also our, our soccer players wanted to get black jerseys last year. What'd you say? Oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. You're all like Southwell's Navy. Like, do you remember doesn't... when the basketball team had like, they were supposed to be gray, but they were like black. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, that was bad. Also, our navy blue is like close enough to black. Just <laughs> dark yeah. navy blue jerseys. Yeah, if you sweat it enough, it, it turns out to be almost exactly. Black, so you're good. Exactly. Yeah, not big on alternate colors. Now, like again, I, I don't consider like an ash gray an alternate color. Now, don't get a uniform like an ash gray, but like on t-shirts and stuff, like you're good. Ash gray. Yeah, ash gray. Nice. nice. Um, I've never seen a gray ash. <laughs> um, the last uniform pet peeve for me is. Goggles. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> the goggle dog. Goggle You're dog. upset about the goggle dog. I love. The I want. I, I said just kidding. I love the goggles. Okay. Yeah. I, I wasn't gonna take any. No shots at goggle yeah, dog. Yeah. No. You, um, you can't. You can't be hating on the goggle dog. Ooh. This is mainly popular in soccer players or kickers, but I've also seen it. Like I've seen football players do it. Well, first off, football players in the United States are really starting because of FIFA. I think are really starting to take away soccer fads, and European soccer fads. Europeans are goofy as hell. Don't take fashion advice from Europeans yeah. or Canadians. Yeah. Never. I love my Canadian brothers, but never. Um, 
But the uh, wearing two cleats, like two, two different like, ones on the right and the left, hate that. So yeah. stupid. You bought a pair of cleats, wear them. So they bought two pairs, and wore half of one. Yeah, yeah. That's, I hate that. That's stupid. I bought a pair of Puma, like pink and yellow. Like they're the cleats are like, so like they fade from pink to like yellow on one side, and then on like the other cleat, it's opposite. So they look like two different sets. I swear they're the same cleat. But I made Jonathan wear them all the time if he needed an extra pair because he hated that. Like, they're super comfortable. They're really comfortable. They're ugly as hell. They're awful. They're probably cheap though, right? Yeah, I got them at Ross. Oh, nice. But they were like good cleats. Like, yeah. I, mean, yeah, I got them because they were like. But you wouldn't pay like full price. No, no, yeah, no. no. Like, one hundred ninety cleats for like thirty five bucks. Yeah, yeah, but th- I mean these these kids are doing that buying two hundred dollar cleats and yeah wearing different shoes. Yeah, yep. like kickers apparently used to do it because maybe like. I guess maybe they were metal studs, but it was apparently easier. Like you'd wear it on your plant. If you were a kicker, you wear it on your plant foot and kick with a soccer cleat on your right, right. Foot, like on your kicking foot. So, but yeah, one time I saw a kicker wearing two different soccer cleats on his feet. I was like, no, 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 no. If you're going to do it, at least wear a football cleat, even though you can't wear metal studs. I don't get the point. Did you punch him? I wish I had. Should have. He deserves it. Yeah. So do you let your kids wear whatever? I mean, to an extent. What do you mean? Like, if they came with calf bands, you'd be like, take that off. No, you can't really wear them in soccer. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm i really big on, like, wearing the team-issued socks because they're Nike socks. So, if you want to if you want to wear, like, if you think Puma is more comfortable, Adidas is more comfortable, whatever, you can do that. But what you need to do is you need to cut off the sock at the ankle, and it needs to go all the way down to the bottom of your cleat. So, you're wearing our Nike socks. Like, I'll work with them, but you're going to wear our socks. Because we're a team. <laughs> like yeah, you I should mean, match your socks. Yeah, socks you, should match. You all should look alike. Yeah, your sock, like cleats or something that you can wear different. You know, that's something you wear differently. Mm-hmm. Cool, whatever. So, yeah, to an extent, we make them. We don't let them go shirtless in practice because it doesn't look professional. So, yeah, that's good. Good for you, man. Yeah, you're so not like, a bad. You're not a bad coach in my eyes. To <laughs> to an extent, we we make you know we have requirements. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, you got to have, I mean, it, it, and it starts there with a coach. Oh, it's the little things. Yeah. It's little the little things. things. And I'm sure you preach on that. Every every time y'all do something stupid, it's, it's the little it's the things. little things, guys. <laughs> Love it. Um, stupidity. Stupidity. So my, I just want to, this is my only really thing for the stupidity today, because I had so many Sam Smith screen, screenshots, I'm not going to do anymore. We should rename this the Sam Smith Stupidity Award. Yeah. Cool with you? Okay. That's cool. So, just probably Wes Rucker's going to win it a lot, but he'll be the Sam Smith Award winner. Good for him. You got any? Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do, actually. Um, so, John Hyman. Heyman. I don't know. Hyman. <laughs> <laughs> so, he says, let Antonio Brown... Let Antonio Brown whatever damn helmet he wants. Almost every dead NFL player auto auto I don't know had CTE. As long as the helmet he desires is suitable, protective, let him wear it. The health of players should be the most pressing issue of the NFL, not their dumb rules of uni- uniformity. I don't I think it is about safety. That, that's that's what thing. the whole thing is. Yes. The whole thing is it's 10 years old. It's not, it's not safe anymore. Yeah. Like it's not meeting the standard requirements that. Yeah. 
Yeah, so what I did he's think too old. I did think what was funny about AB is like he's like, you know, we're gonna try to get it figured out. I don't know if it was on this week, but this isn't like a spoiler. You know all this. He's like, yeah, we're gonna try to get it, like get figured out, and like you know, we're gonna try to find some helmet that pass the test, and if not, you know, so be it. Which to me sounds like if they don't approve it, so be it. I'm gonna play, right? Apparently yeah. that so be it is like then I won't play, <laughs> which is interesting to me. Yeah, I don't get the whole AB thing. I don't. I, I think it, I think it's all a stunt for publicity. I do. Yep, I do. So, I do have some Twitter questions, just real quick. Okay. Um, so, Trevor, at Trevor21B, says, With our current roster and situation on the defensive line, how vital is it to land the two defensive tackles you have listed in that hot board that we tweeted out? Um, he said, Honestly thought we'd be in on more high-profile guys. I'll say this. Um, there's not a ton of high-profile defensive tackles. Right, I mean. Yeah, I mean, there's just not. It's not a, you know, usually your high-profile guys are edge rushers and, you know, things that pertain to the NFL. Go get some big guys that can move. I mean, that's what you're looking for. So, I mean, the biggest guy right now is Amari Thomas out of of Memphis. And, you know, he's a big priority for the Vols. I feel like Tennessee could have a a shot at him. Trayvon Ripka um, chose Kentucky. I don't think that recruitment is over. By any right. means, you know, Tennessee seemed to have wanted him. And, you know, he, he picked Kentucky for now, but it's it's not over. So, I mean, if they're able to get two guys to add to this, you know, class to to add depth to that defensive line. And next year you get Solomon and Emma Gooden back. So, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, there's just – it's tough to really say, like, yeah, we got to go get these guys or whatever at defensive tackle. So. Mm-hmm. Yep, just find some athletic guys that can move, and we're all happy. Yep. So, do you have any more stupidity? I do not. I just I needed to say that we're naming this the Sam Smith Award. So nice. Yep. Yeah, my my last one was going to be the Go Vols extra. So. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Um, we're getting Vol recruiting ports on. Yep. We're gonna hop off for a short break. We're gonna come back um, with Matt Ray from Vol recruiting reports and. Uh, Talk a little bit of Tennessee football recruiting, especially with an exciting announcement today. So we'll be back in just a second. Welcome back into more important issues. We have a special guest with us. Matt Ray from Vol Recruiting Reports is going to join us. Talk a little bit about recruiting um, with this year's class and maybe hit on a little bit of the 2021 class. We'll see what we get into. Um, Matt, how's it going, man? It's going good, guys. How are y'all? Doing well. Staying busy um, as as of you are today um, with, with Tennessee's newest commit, Mordecai McDaniel. Yeah, big pickup for Tennessee there. Um, you know, guy with, with elite speed, big Big defensive back, um, can play receiver, returns kicks. Uh, really, really a specialist in a lot of ways. Um, I think his speed's one of the biggest things that sets him apart. But a really nice addition for Tennessee for the 2020 class. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Pruitt um, keeps harping on getting these athletes in here that can play multiple z- positions. Um, so definitely a big get. Um, so. Talk about kind of this class and, and, you know, who we have in the boat right now and, uh, you know, who do you like from this class, you know, that that might have a, an impact later on. 
when when you look at this class for me there's there's a lot of Warren Burrell type guys in this class guys that um don't always garner all the recognition but that get it know how to put the work in and, and are going to make a big impact in a program once they get there you look at guys like Cooper Mays um T Hodge now Mordecai McDaniel um even Darion Williamson, those those guys are special. Um, Dominic Bailey is is probably one of my favorite players in the class. Uh, you're looking at a top 250 guy that is never gets any buzz. He's going to come in, uh, have a big impact on the defensive line for Tennessee. So there, there's a lot of guys in this class that you can really go that way with. Even Javante Spragans, his ceiling's extremely high. James Robinson. Maybe nobody in the class has hands that are as heavy as his. Obviously, he needs polished up a little bit. Uh, we'll, we'll move into guard once he gets to Knoxville, plays tackle um, at Carver right now. But the, Carver's a, a school that Jeremy Pruitt and Derek Ansley are familiar with and have have recruited elite talent from there before. So um, th- that should speak volumes to what they see in Robinson. Um, and he, he won his offer at camp, and he's another guy that I really like, has a high ceiling. So there's a lot of guys in this class to be excited for, regardless of their star rankings. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, continuing to talk about this class, um, what what does this class need? Um, I know we have 15 commits right now. You, you probably want to fill out a, a class as close as possible. So, you know, what, is, what does Tennessee need? Um, maybe position-wise or maybe even even a player that Tennessee needs to sign, um, you know, when it's all said and done. Uh, Tennessee definitely needs to add another inside linebacker, if not two. Uh, top targets on the board there are Laneith Whitehead and Bryson Eason. Um, I think they would probably honor both guys' commitments. I think, I think Whitehead is probably a little higher because he's a guy that can play running back as well. And – they may add another running back in this class. That's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, some of the guys left uncommitted that are higher rated are out on the West Coast. And, you know, what can Tennessee do there? Um, Whitehead is a guy that, that could be another hammer back with T. Hodge. So that's a position that's going to be interesting. Obviously, you have to add some more wide receivers. I think for me, the guy that Tennessee really needs to add in this class is Rakeem Jarrett. Um, Talking um, with Rico McCoy, a St. John's College alum up there, a a former Tennessee Vol, uh, we did an analysis piece with him about Mordecai McDaniel, and we talked a little bit about Rakeem Jarrett, and it just kept coming back to there's not a guy that comes out of high school as well-polished as what Jarrett's going to be. Um, he even went on to describe him as much as being equivalent to a junior in college with his mindset and work ethic and ability to break down film and translate that onto the field. So I think that's a guy that Tennessee needs in this class. Will they be able to get him? I think they have a better better chance than most. Um, that's going to be interesting to see unfold because one of the things with his maturity level is that he's going to be focused on his craft from now until the end of his high school season. So that'll be interesting to watch what Tennessee can do in the later months of that recruitment. Um, another position's obviously tied in. Um, Gilbert's going to Gilbert's being recruited as a receiver. Darnell Washington is a national recruiting battle. 
So what does Tennessee do with tight end? How do those numbers work out? Who's a guy that can maybe come into the mix late? That That's going to be interesting. I think tight end is going to be a position they really evaluate during the season, and you may see some more offers go out there. <laughs> so defensive back, I believe they might try to get Antonio Johnson back in the class. Uh, he's a guy they're high on because he's another guy like McDaniel that can play receiver if needed. So, you know, if you're not able to rec- get some of your top recruits at receiver, you at least have some guys you can move over. So I could see one more defensive back commit. And then obviously on the DL, they're, they're still in on their top targets. Omari Thomas, Octavius Oxendine, Tyler Barron, Jay Hardy, and then guys like Reggie Grimes. So uh, the, the offensive line – no, that that's that could go a lot of ways. I mean, it just depends. It just depends there. Um, so it's going to be a fun class to watch unfold with ten spots left. So I, I don't know that Tennessee is going to take another quarterback in this class at this point. I think that could be a a grad transfer um, later at, towards the end of the cycle. So we, we'll see about that. Yeah, absolutely. And you're talking about um, those top guys. How it's going to be a you know a, a fight. Um, with pretty much everybody in the country to try to get those guys. Um, but if you remember last class, Henry Tuotua was was one of those as well from the West Coast, and we were able to bring him in. So it can be done. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that plays out. Um, so, I mean, you, you talked about Rakeem Jarrett. You talked about Eric Gilbert. Um, you know, who who else are those top guys that Tennessee's looking at? Maybe maybe not the, the top rated, but maybe your highest, you know, priority guys um amari thomas if you're talking about high priority guys amari thomas and jay hardy um obviously they're top 100 guys uh, tennessee probably thinks they're five-star worthy guys and and it's can be argued anywhere once you get inside the top 100 that any of those guys are worthy of a five-star in some way shape or form but those two are big needs with the, what the, they need to do on the defensive line um I think Gilbert's probably the number one target on the board. Um, I've heard enough to to say that he's probably the guy. Um, Jarrett's right up there behind him. Outside of that, I think you have to look at Tyler Barron, Jay Hardy, Omari Thomas, Reggie Grimes. Not necessarily in that order, but I think those guys are all interchangeable for Tennessee. Another guy that's pretty high up, not indicative of of star rankings is Octavius Oxendine. Tennessee likes him, similar build to Elijah Simmons, similar motor. So he's a guy that Tennessee likes, and he's a guy that's pretty high up the board for them. Yeah, and you you talked about a lot of um, guys in state like Jay Hardy, um, Tyler Barron, Amari Thomas, Bryson Eason. You know, what's – What's that been like seeing Tennessee getting back in the fold with all these in-state guys? Uh, it's it's nice to see that. I mean, I think fans get behind that a little bit more. I think they can support that a little bit more. Not that they don't support guys from other states, but I think I think that home state feel just. I think fans love that. And then I, I personally enjoy it because I spent a lot of weekends last year traveling into South Georgia, into Atlanta, can stay a little closer to home and still catch guys this year so that's nice um but i think i think it's good for the class i think i think it helps recruiting on a national level when you can recruit your state well and say hey we've got all our top in-state targets these guys are sold back into what we're doing here 
come come join us, you know. And especially they didn't recruit the state especially well last year to the ranking standards. You know, they didn't get the Trey Knox, the Woody Washingtons, the Adonio Tay, those guys that were rated higher in state. They all went out out of state, but Tennessee wasn't as active there as most people assume. So this year they're active. They can say that they're recruiting the state harder. They've been successful. So that definitely helps in a lot of different ways. Definitely. Um, So, Matt, where where do you see this class ending up? Maybe, um, you know, do you think they stay around in the 20s? Do you think they they jump up to maybe 15 or in the top 10? Where do you see this class kind of ending up? And who do you think are those top guys that Tennessee ends up signing on, on signing day? You're, you're at 15 right now, 15 total commits. You're in the 20s. I, I would say you give this staff the ability to recruit 10. To, they're going to get 10 guys between now and signing day, the final signing period. I, I, I could see this class finishing easily within inside the top 15 and pushing for a top 10 class. You know, depending, national recruiting battles can go anyway. You look at Henry Tuoito, Quivaris Crouch, both those guys – where lock, locks elsewhere in Tennessee come out on top. So with a guy like Brian Niedermeyer, you know, T. Martin, you can't you can't rule Tennessee out anymore. If they put a, a good product on the field and you see a school like Kentucky underachieve, then that brings back guys like, you know, Justin Rogers that could get back into the fold. So there's a lot of variables there. But I, I definitely think Tennessee is going to be around that top 15 range and depending on how things unfold, could see their self into the top 10. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the guys that are committed right now, you got a big get in Bijo Jolari last week. Um, so kind of what does he mean to that class, and does he have a big effect on Eric Gilbert and just on that Marietta um, relationship that we that Tennessee has going for him right now? Uh, that's a big get. I mean, they, they got their edge rusher. They got the guy that can come in and make an immediate impact in Darrell Taylor's absence. Now, with Bailey and Gilbert, you're looking at a touchdown connection. I mean, not that they're not friends. They are friends. They are close. With Ojolari and Gilbert, you're getting two really close friends. You're getting another voice in his ear. Um, one of our analysts, Dale Dowden, was down there to cover Ojolari's commitment and talked with Gilbert after, and it, it moved the needle for Tennessee, and Everything positive is going Tennessee's way right now. Is it enough to get them over the Georgia hump and Alabama sitting there looming with Clemson also maybe becoming a player? It's tough to tell, but for Gilbert, there's a lot of Tennessee in that camp. So having Ojolari in is just another helping hand. Yeah, and you you talked about, um, you know, Georgia – Alabama, Clemson, you know kind of the product they're going to put on the field. And, and you talk to a lot of recruits. How, you know, a lot of them, are they kind of seeing what Tennessee does this season? Is that a, a big factor for a lot of these guys? I think that's a big factor. I think that's a big factor for any school, really. I mean, if Georgia goes out and goes 7-5, and five, not likely. But if they do, are they going to take a little bit of a hit in recruiting? Uh, it's it's tough to tell. They they've been consistent. You know, guys have down years. I think for Tennessee, maybe it's a little bit more prominent. I think guys are looking a little bit more. I think guys are seeing kind of not recruiting trail promises hold true, but recruiting trail opportunities hold hold true. 
Warren Burrell was arguably Jeremy Pruitt's top defensive back target in the 2019 class. He was a guy that Pruitt wanted from day one, and they went out and got him. Now you see him pushing Alante Taylor for the starting job. Henry Tuoatoa, um, you know, another guy could have gone to Alabama and made an impact, but here he is looking like he's going to start week one for Tennessee. Um, a lot of other guys are going to get playing time. Jalen McCullough going to get playing time. So, Wanya Morris likely locked down a starting spot on the offensive line. Darnell Washington or Darnell Wright probably won't be far behind. So, I think, yeah, a lot of it, Look, you have to look at the product, what Tennessee can do. Obviously, these guys come from winning programs and don't want to go play for a losing school. So, it, it's a fine line there. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's important to a lot of these guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we were talking about on our show earlier how – that that's a huge selling point is that you're able to offer these guys immediate playing time. You know, you have the ability to come in and compete for a starting job day one. And, yeah. you know, to have three guys like Warren Burrell, who wasn't the highest, you know, highly rated guy out of high school, but is already, you know, made a list for preseason all American and, um, you know, shooting for a, a starting job for Tennessee. So I think, I think that's huge. Um, but kind of last question here, you know, Matt, we, we've enjoyed kind of talking with you. I could do this all oh, day um, talking about recruiting because that's, you know, that's one thing that I, I enjoy about it. But um, Trayvon Ripka, he he chose Kentucky uh, yesterday. Um, do you think that recruitment is over? Do you think Tennessee will, will fight to the death um, and, until National Signing Day when he actually signs that paper? Everybody around this has kind of said that, this isn't over, that Tennessee can flip him, that that he's holding out for Ohio State. I, I've never I've never pushed that issue to find out if that's true or not, but a lot of people continue to say that Ohio State could really shake this up. Um, yeah, certainly I think Tennessee continues to push. I, I don't know that his recruitment will be over. There's a lot of schools that could come in. Oregon and Oklahoma in his top four never visited either one of those schools, so that tells you a lot that if he got out there for a visit, or either of those schools push that they could make make a potential um, flip with him, and then I think I think Kentucky really does have a good relationship with him. Um, come down to Coach LeBlanc being able to really relate to him on and off the field, and he's got a lot of Kentucky in his in his camp as well. You know, a Middle Tennessee guy right there, so they're not too far from Lexington, so. It's going to be an interesting recruitment, but I talked with him after his commitment and you know, kind of reiterated the general thing that anything Tennessee related comes up, you know, he'll stay in touch. I, I would kind of maybe expect to see him back on campus at least one more time this fall. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, that's kind of all we got from uh, from here. Um, you know, next that time we'll, we'll talk about the 2021 class a little bit. Um, we'll have you on again this season. I know you're going to be super busy. Um, if you do go to any, t- any Tennessee games, feel free to stop by our tailgates. We'd love to have you. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. See you, man. Guys, that was Matt Ray with Vol Recruiting Reports. Go check him out. Going to be super busy. Um, guys, check out my bookie. We got stickers. We got shirts coming soon. Tailgates. Um, check out Armchair Media Network. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, 
everything else. Everything else. You can find us on YouTube. Find us on here, Facebook, Instagram. Go follow us. Go follow Caleb. You don't have to follow me. Go follow Caleb. Um, guys, long episode. It's getting close. We're 10 days away. Hopefully we score five touchdowns in the first half against Georgia State. That's ideal. That's ideal. Yeah. <laughs> we, get the, we get Brian Maurer, some JT Shroud, um, some work, and um, we finish that Saturday 1-0. Hopefully Florida loses this week. Yeah, I would love for Florida to lose. That'd be awesome. I would absolutely love it. That's all we got. We're bringing the boat in, and we out.